Good morning, everyone. And welcome to worship with the folks of Paisley St George's. Welcome to those of you who have gathered in this space at this time, and welcome to those who are worshipping wherever and whenever. This morning is the first Sunday when folks are no longer gathering in the outreach centre for the live stream, as we've now got used to the increased capacity that we have here in St George's Cossyside building. So it's good to see you, and it's good to see folk up in the balcony, even though you look awfully far away. That, yeah, let's just all give one another a wave. Wherever you, I take it there's nobody in the sides of the Good, that's fine. <laughs> there are a number of intimations this morning. Firstly, as we all know, the restrictions around COVID are easing, and so there will be changes in the way we worship over the next few weeks. Church halls will soon be able to open. The opening of the halls requires the approval of the Kirk session. So rather than hold an online meeting, elders agreement will be sought via email. So watch your email inbox for that email and please respond to it when it arrives. Now, as we all know, it has been really difficult for the members of St George's to get to know one another. So in two weeks time, we are holding the big picnic at the outreach centre. We will worship there at 11 o'clock and then enjoy a bring-your-own-food picnic in the grounds. On that Sunday, there will be no service of worship here in St George's Cossyside, and that's Sunday the 1st of August. The first edition of Paisley St George's magazine, News from the Pews, will be collated and distributed early in August. So if any individual or organisation would like to contribute something to share with the congregation, then please email Irene Gemmel no later than Sunday the 25th of July. This year, we're once again going to hold a Green Fingers and Wooden Spoon show online. So what we're looking for is a photograph of a flower, a pot plant, a fruit, a vase of flowers, a floral arrangement, Anything you've knitted, sewn, crocheted, cross-stitched, painted, or baked, fruit loaf, pot of jam, or chutney. So send those photographs in to us by email, and they will then be posted on the church Facebook site page for all to see. For children, we'd love it if they would send us a photograph of a drawing of a flower, fruit, or craft, or even an animal made from vegetables. Another good one that I like that's not mentioned here is growing a, min a miniature garden in a seed tray. Parents will love me for that, but never mind. So photographs of all your things that show your green fingers and your skills with wooden spoons should be emailed to flowersandcrafts2021 at gmail.com by the evening of Friday the 20th of August. I think that's all about the, that one. Now, talking of flowers, we've got flowers back in the church, and if you know of anyone who would benefit from receiving these flowers, would you please let a member of the flower committee know? And finally, as has been previously intimated, one of our members, Margaret McMillan, has died. We now have the details of Margaret's funeral. Margaret's funeral will take place at Woodside Crematorium on Wednesday, the 21st of July at 3.30 p.m., and please continue to keep Margaret's family in your prayers. These are all the intimations. Sometimes we introduce worship with welcome to the house of God. 
Sometimes, like we will later this morning, we sing, let us build a house where God can dwell and conjure up in our minds an image of a building. Sometimes we welcome people to worship as if our worship applies to just this place and just this hour. And yet, Lord, you are everywhere, not just here. You're forever and not just for this time. You're not bound by bricks and mortar or limited in scope and availability by the confines of church traditions and systems. We come into worship, not because it is the only time or only place or the only way for us to do so, but because here and now we make time, we make space to greet our everlasting God, knowing that as we go, God goes with us too, so let us worship God now and always. We're going to worship God in hymn 195. Here to the house of God we come. Hymn 195.
And now we come to God in prayer. In the words of the psalmist, I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Lord God, we gather at this brief moment of time to give you praise for everything and forever. Your love, like yourself, has no beginning or end. Your faithfulness is eternal. The majesty of the heavens and the myriad wonders of earth bear witness to your providence. You have no competitor, no rival, no substitute. You are right and you are just. Your plans for us are good. We cannot exhaust your love. We cannot get our heads around it. But your word declares what you are like. And in Jesus Christ, we see enough to satisfy us forever. Lord, there are things which contradict all of this. We don't see your will being done on earth. And we admit to times when we ourselves have failed you by what we have done or what we have omitted to do. We have sinned and we have been sinned against. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon our friends. Have mercy on our enemies for your name's sake. Oh God, our time on earth is short and your purpose is long. Guide us in the business that lies ahead this week. Help us in the things that challenge us. Keep us faithful. Grant us wisdom and true humility as we journey with you before us and behind us, above us and within us. Through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm sure as we look around our towns, we see houses being built in all sorts of places. And in recent years, house building has changed considerably. There was a time not so long ago when a house builder would rattle up an estate and you as a prospective purchaser would wander around and pick the house on the plot that you wanted. By that time, they were pretty much all built. Then when the recession hit, things were turned on their heads. The builders would build a show home in order that the purchasers could see what a home might look like and very often would only build other houses when they got an order and a deposit. The house builder was very much in control of when houses were built. In today's reading, which is from 2 Samuel, David seeks to build a permanent home for the Ark of the Covenant. And in a way, the passage that we're going to hear really does sum up many of the major symbols in the Old Testament and Israelite faith. The ark, the king, the prophet, power, temple, and a blind motivation to do something for God, 
to do something for God which does not necessarily represent the actual wishes of God. And the story which we'll hear shortly begins with David declaring that he lives in a house of cedar. And if you think back, we'll remember the discussions that God and Samuel had with the people about their dogged desire to have a king. And they were told, they were told that a king would be no good and would build palaces, take servants and so on. And maybe as we read today, the people of Israel are beginning to see the folly of the monarchy in their midst. And when David first suggests building a permanent home for God, Nathan, Nathan seems to agree with his ideas, suggesting that the Lord was with them. Maybe this was a step towards religion being institutionalized in the community. However, in the night, Nathan hears from God and changes his mind. David may seem to be suggesting something reasonable in wanting to build a permanent home for the ark. But Nathan, Nathan begs to differ. Nathan, the prophet who speaks for God, tells David, he tells David that God is not interested in this kind of housing. It might be worth noting, however, that not long afterwards, Nathan does allow Solomon to build a temple for this reason. Is it possible that Nathan, as a Jebusite, takes exception to David's temple, which would replace the old Jebusite temple? Mm. A case of looking out for our folks. But remember, Nathan is a prophet who speaks for God, but could he be influenced because he's only human? Similarly today, can we be influenced by outside factors when we are trying to discern what the Holy Spirit is asking of us? I suspect the answer to that question is yes. But returning to today's scripture, for whatever reason, David does not get to build the temple. It seems that God does not want to be tied down. So when Audrey reads today's scripture passage, Listen for the references to God being with his people. As they moved about, so did God. And today, as we all know, within the Church of Scotland, there is great discussion about buildings. We only have to walk out of this building and to look at our town centre, to look around Paisley Town Centre and to see the number of church buildings that are no longer used for worship. And as we look... Deep down in our hearts, we know that this number is only set to grow. And as we seek to discern God's way forward, I would like us to think of these questions. Do we try to box God in within our church buildings? Do we try to pin God down to make God static, to keep things settled? You know that phrase, I've said it before, it's I been that way. Do we try to remain within our comfort zone? So in the reading we're about to hear, for many of the people of David's time, there could be a real danger in their thinking if God was to move on. And today I suspect churches and individuals feel a sense of security, knowing where God is and what God is asking of them. And whenever we see something new appear, it can cause at best a bit of uncomfortableness or it can cause us to panic and wonder if that is where God is after all for there is safety in having God where we can see him 
Is it safety that people desire? And if so, should it be? So as we ponder these questions, let's praise God in the hymn, hymn 200, Christ is made the sure foundation. Hymn number 200. Let's now turn to scripture to hear what is written. Our lesson today will be read for us by Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. Our reading this morning is from the Old Testament, Second uh, Samuel, chapter 7, reading from verses 1 to 14. God's promise to David. After the king was settled in the palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, 
Here I am, living in a palace of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. That night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says, Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in it? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, do I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then I tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the name of the greatest men of the earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people shall not oppress them any more as they did in the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declared to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. Amen, and may God bless us to be his word. Thank you, Audrey. We've been hearing of building a house, a church, a temple for God. So let's worship God in the hymn 198. Let us build a house where love can dwell.
Well, we've just listened to the hymn, Let Us Build a House Where Love Can Dwell. So listen to these words. Let us build a house for God to live in. Which brick shall we choose to build God's house? Sun-dried, concrete, granite? What colour of brick would please God? Red, grey, brown? What kind of house can we build for God? Bungalow, mansion, castle? Where can we put down the foundation? In the city, out in the country, up a mountain? There are so many choices we have to make, but we'll never agree together. Are you the one to build me a house to live in? Let me build your house, said the Lord. Every stone is collected. All sorts of colours are used. Any size is acceptable. Everywhere will do. One house made up of very diverse stones. One house cemented together by the blood. One house where God can dwell. Right inside our hearts. Buildings, church buildings. In the Victorian era, rich industrialists had churches built. Schisms took place. More buildings were erected. Look around at Paisley at the number of churches, even in the small villages, there are often two church buildings. It's a strange quirk of history that the Church of Scotland, perhaps more than any other denomination around the world, has, since the late 1920s, so for nearly a century, has had far too many buildings. Even back in the heydays of the 1950s, with huge church attendance, there were, even then, too many buildings. And at this time, we know church buildings were erected in the new housing schemes where the people were and where the people still are. Today, in 2021, the current, body of, current mantra of the body, which has the ultimate responsibility for the building stock of the kirk, is well-equipped spaces in the right places. And most of the experience of Christians in the developed world is inevitably tied up in buildings, whether they be local parish churches, hall churches, cathedrals, chapels. These buildings have become not just symbolic of, but also practical examples of the capacity of, build, of buildings not only to bring glory to God, but also a means by which to limit God's expression within a community. So much time and effort is tied up in maintaining this building stock. And yet, and yet breaking beyond the walls of churches to create a more fleet of foot community of faith, a community of faith that is more able to respond quickly to the needs of the community without the burden of huge overheads is a real challenge. It's a real challenge that many of us find difficult to think about to even think about, never mind achieve. But this is what the Church of Scotland is trying to do. And this is what we are trying to do in Paisley St George's. We are trying to find the way in which God wants us to serve him. We're trying to find the best way in which we can share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. 
And over the years, church buildings were erected with the aim of doing just that from town centre to suburbs. Now, are all these buildings necessary? And going back to our Old Testament reading, David, David wanted to build a temple for God. And there are a number of reasons for David to do this, which range from an expression of piety towards the Lord by a thankful David, to the political imperative to shore up his support amongst the people by providing for them an emblem of their new, more settled status. For they are no longer a people constantly on the move, traveling light in case they need to up and away at a moment's notice. They are now a people who can put down roots, start to acquire more, and not face the same imminent threats and worries as they had in the past. There can be little doubt that the people of David's time would have been creating their equivalent of a SWOT analysis to consider the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats of building a temple. And that complexity can be seen in the debate that Nathan has with God over whether God can be contained in a building or seen as having the freedom to be wherever God chooses. It makes a big difference, of course, for how those who follow God understand God and their part in God's mission to the world. And that's the same for us today. We are trying to understand what God is calling us to do and to play our part in God's mission to the world. And then if we think back to the passage, the genius of these verses is that God, through a clever wordplay on the meaning of house, shifts the subject. At the beginning of the chapter, David is seeking to build a house for Yahweh. As the reading continues, and God responds through Nathan, Yahweh is instead agreeing to build a house upon David. Agreeing to build a house upon David, a dynasty from David's line. Thus, legitimacy comes to David but not quite in the way that he first thought. God surprises. And it, indeed, it is part of that dynastic house of David that will build a physical temple some years later. But here, here we see that relationship is more important than physical building. And we are reminded that God's presence cannot be contained by a building. I suppose in a way we're also reminded that we as human beings, well, we love a good edifice in which to gather, whether that be a church, a temple, a stadium, a cathedral, or a nightclub. Or, as David might have put it, I wanted to build you a house, but you said no. I wanted to protect you, honor you, give you status, give you a home. But you said, no, I wanted you to be settled, safe, rested, content. But you said, no. Did I create you in my own image? Did I imagine that you would value what I valued? Did I assume that my needs were your needs too? Did I get it wrong? And God responds, David, from traveling with the sheep to being ruler over my people, I have always been with you. 
I will always protect you and your descendants. I will always be with you. I have journeyed with you, David, and I'm still on the move. I do not want to settle in a house. I am not like you. This time, David, you got it wrong. But whether you get it right or wrong, I will always love you. Today, well, we still like our buildings. And in this country, well, let's be honest, we need our buildings for shelter from our often inclement weather. But no matter what, we are reassured. We are reassured that God is always with us. And we need, as individuals and as a congregation, as part of his church, we need to be open to hearing his word for us. We need to be seeking to serve him as best we can. Remembering as one of the other hymns puts it, I am the church, you are the church. We are the church together. The church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church is the people. So let us build a strong church, ready and willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was how I had finished when I had started this, but I then changed it. And I end now by saying, let God build his church. Let him take us, use us, and shape us. Amen. Our next item of praise reminds us that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. It's the hymn in Christ alone.
And now we bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving, dedication and intercession. Let's pray. God of love, thank you for the vast universe you have created for us to enjoy. Thank you for the mixture of beauty and fragility that makes up the world we know. You are present in all of it and experience the joy and pain that ebbs and flows throughout the universe. Lord, we are grateful for all that brings us joy and laughter, for friends and family, for homes and financial security, for healthcare and education, for peace and a stable government. In glad thanksgiving, we have made our offerings and so Generous God, receive these our offerings today. Take and use them to build your kingdom. Not just church buildings, but community. Places where people feel they belong. Take our money and take our gifts of time and talents too and use them as you will. So be it. Lord, we are all too well aware that many people are not so fortunate and we bring our prayers for them before you today. For those people who have no roof over their heads, who do not have a table, let alone food to put on it, Lord, have mercy. For those people whose lives are affected by walls that keep them out and are barriers to their daily living, Lord, have mercy. For those people whose doorways do not protect them from intruders looking to steal from them or harm them. For those people who look out of their windows but refuse to see the pain and suffering right before their eyes, Lord, have mercy. We pray for folks who are ill, for those who are dying, and for those who watch and wait with them. We pray for all who mourn the death of a loved one. In a moment of silence, we bring you our prayers. Lord, you live everywhere and in everyone. Do not let us forget to seek you in our neighbour, to follow in the way of Jesus by feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, taking care of the poor, the bereaved and the sick, making sure that all people have a place to live where they feel safe and a place where they belong. Grant vision and wisdom and power to your church here in Scotland to be your hands and heart in the world. Help us to remember that we are the church. Make your home in our hearts and help us to share your love with everyone. We pray through the name of our risen Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn 511, Your Hand, O God, Has Guided. Hymn 511.
And now I ask if you're able, would you please be upstanding for God's blessing. Do not fear or be dismayed. You are eternally safe in the arms of Jesus. Now may the Lord God shepherd you with his word and spirit and gather you at the last into his fold. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with you and all those whom you love this day and every day. Amen.